My name's Marcus, and I'm no expert comic book collector. With help from some not like-minded friends and you, our audience, I want to explore the amazing medium of comic books. This podcast is a reaction to all the common misconceptions I hear about comics as an art form. It's about how superheroes aren't the only type of stories you can find in comics. From true crime and memoir to historical fiction and sci-fi, comics have it all. This podcast is about educating people on what they can find out there and giving readers, new, old, or misinformed, something great to read. Listen up, nerds and future nerds. This is the VF Comics Podcast. Welcome to the VF Comics Podcast, the best weekly comic book sequential art podcast dedicated to all types of readers. Every week, we will explore various topics, news, books, and talent in the medium of comics. I'm Marcus, and every week, I'm joined by a group of friends who may not share my opinions and tastes in my exploration of this fascinating world. With me this week is the owner of my local shop, Retrograde Comics, an all-around good-looking guy, James. Thank you very much. James is waiting for me to say something hateful there. I know it. <laughs> um, also here is one of the newest and best friends who has opened my eyes to nonfiction graphic novels, Meg. Oh, hey. Yeah, see, I'm being nice this I week, didn't know guys. that was, yeah, wow. Yeah. Surprising. And finally, my favorite person in the universe, lead singer of Way Away and gigantic Star Wars nerd, Tom. Hello, how are you? I am great. Oh, how you're my favorite you? person too. It's really sweet. Yeah. I gotta throw it in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all. What is Way Away? It's his band. What? Yeah, Tom's in a band. Yeah, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> They're, very <good. laughs> They're very, very good. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I forgot we're on video now, so like, that'll be yeah, in there. No. But I want to keep our good rating, like our clean rating, so I can't respond visually. But <laughs> yeah. you can read my mind, <laughs> yeah. and I'll leave I a comment you. later. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so moving on. Every week, we're going to have a variety of segments covering the many aspects of comics and the industry that produces them. And this week, we're going to discuss some news about creators rights and marvel um some of the creators are suing marvel and marvel suing them back um james is going to recommend a book that we can sit down and read in graphic novel format and then finally we're just going to look at some stuff that we think looks cool for the month of october so before we get into any of that we are always going to have a news and discussions sort of section uh, for those of you who are new and since this is kind of like a this is like an unofficial reboot. Um, and unlike comic book reboots, which are usually not great, nothing is really changing on the podcast so much as we are upgrading. For instance, if you're watching us on YouTube, you know that this is our first episode that is in full video where you can see our faces. Please do not let our faces scare you off. You can go back to listening to audio if you don't like our faces. Um, but we want to... <laughs> We want to keep bringing you more news, more books, creator interviews, and that all begins with this episode today. So to help you get your bearings for each of us and our tastes, I want to take a little bit of time to talk about who each of us is as a reader. And since I've been talking nonstop since I started, who would like to 
tell us about their history with comics and what they enjoy reading and watching. Not everybody wants. Uh, I can, if y'all want. So um, I read typically memoirs, which I have mentioned a million times, if you have been listening to us previously. Um, I also enjoy reading just nonfiction and slice of life. That's probably kind of my favorite, all of that together. And um, the first graphic novel that I ever remember reading was Blankets by uh, Craig Thompson. And um, that is still one of my favorites to this day. And that's kind of what got me where I am now. So um, I I also really enjoy and someday would like to write a graphic novel about mental illness. So. Okay. That's really, really cool. I wasn't aware that was an aspiration of yours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So besides that, what you, that being what you read, are there like other things in like TV or film or music taste that inform or like just things that you enjoy besides reading these types of books? No, this is the only hobby I have. And these are the only things I read and enjoy. M- Megan, ever the terror <laughs> on the VF. Comments I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I read and watch things that are good. I like a lot of indie stuff. So that kind of my, my reading kind of uh, is similar to that. Cool. Yeah. And she cross stitches. Yes. I do. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do embroider. Of note to everybody, you cannot believe a thing James says during the podcast. He is a liar. I, yeah, I guess I do. I, I, art is a passion of mine. And so I think that's part of why I love graphic novels as much as I do and why illustrations are a really big draw for me. So just for the record, I'm not hating on cross stitching or anything like that. Cross stitching is great. Shout out to cross stitchers. I don't know enough about either to tell the difference. So, (laughs) but I I like, uh, you know, the embroidery, like when there's, Mm -hmm. when there's a really cool custom embroidery, it's, uh, I'm always like, that's really neat. We had some of our family done. That is a tangent. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, Marcus. No, that's great. You cut out all this embroidery stuff. No, this is great. This is fantastic human drama. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, we're on video. And since, James, you're the creator of all this drama, you get to go next. Tell us a little bit about yourself, (laughs) your reading habits, and other things that you enjoy. Oh, let's see. Uh, I started reading comics when I was very young. Really young. Uh, Really got into G.I. Joe when I was a kid. My uh, dad was in the military, and it just kind of synced up with, you know, what I was interested in. Uh, Red Red Larry Hammond's G.I. Joe up until I was probably going into middle school. uh, Got really into X-Men. I thought that, you know, the X-Men, and and particularly Wolverine, my favorite, was... uh, you know, somebody I could relate to during that awkward period of my life. And um, now you look like Wolverine, so it kind of works. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll take that uh, as a compliment. Not the Hugh Jackman Wolverine, the like ugly comic book Wolverine. Oh, uh, okay. Damn. Man, just hate <laughs> Dang, Marcus. <laughs> Let's see. And uh, 
you know, as I read, got into more stuff, uh, started reading, uh, you know, uh, different uh, magazines and eventually websites talking about more indie stuff, uh, got really into it. And that's probably what I read the most right now. I occasionally dip over into the big two, uh, depending on what's going on. But, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big uh, indie comics guy. Cool. And now, Tom, I know you just joined us starting a couple of weeks ago. But, again, being this our first video, um, if you could remind us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, I think actually like Meg and I will cross over a lot because I, I like to read the same things. I love memoirs um, and my, you know, my intro to comics was an issue of McSweeney's uh, 13 um, and it had a bunch of independent comics and stuff like that. And at the time, you know, like I was in college when that when that book came out and um, I was a double major for a while in writing and art. And I, that was like a way that I really wanted to make things at the time. Um, and so kind of like, um, uh, again, I was really interested in trying to make my own and, and so I was really just trying to read a ton of stories about, um, things that I felt like I could relate to and the kind of stories I wanted to tell. Like one of my favorite modern books is a, a heartbreaking work of staggering genius. It's a Dave Eggers book. Um, it's about his parents' death and him trying to raise his little brother. and he writes it though in a way that it, it just, it, that's such a massive event in someone's life, but it's very conversational. And I, I love when a storyteller can do that. And I, I love that the way these graphic novels and that, and that issue McSweeney's could visually tell that too. And so, um, you know, that's, that's something I've always loved about, about comics like that. Uh, kind of like James, I've never really read a ton of the big two stuff. Um, you know, I did, for a good year and a half, maybe two years, binge buy a bunch of Star Wars stuff. Uh, Marvel got my money big time that way. Um, <laughs> but it got to be a little too too many books. And so I had to slow down uh, um, there. But I feel like I'm rambling. So I'm going to turn it no, back over. Fine, buddy. <laughs> I was like, ah! <laughs> no, no. I like, it's interesting. Oh, we're well, supposed to talk about hobbies too. Is that okay. oh, yeah, just to kind of give us a viewpoint of your taste? Yeah. Oh, um, I don't cross stitch, but music's a big thing for me. Um, like Marcus mentioned, I, I play in a band with with some of my other really good friends, uh, and it's absolutely my my favorite thing to do. Um, it it is the absolute best. I love playing music and and listening to records and and sharing records with friends. And, and one of my favorite comic book, uh, you know, one of my favorite comic artists, uh, he always does like illustrated album covers to go with the stories. And, and that's a big thing for me that I really love. And so uh, music would be the other kind of big influence there. And, you know, on that point, and to go with everything that you said, Tom, James, this is why I make fun of you and not these other two people, because they talk about very serious things <laughs> and bring up these like, you know, nonfiction stories. And then you talk about Wolverine. And so, like, I can't pick on him like Tom talk, telling a story about someone who lost their sister. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, you lost. Your... They, I can't make fun of that. Well, you can't. <laughs> That's not. I'm sure somebody can. I'm not that guy. Um, so. That's what's going on there. Um, and now for me, the big mouth of this podcast, 
who cannot help himself. I started picking up comics when I was around 21. I had read. Hey, Marcus, I didn't do my uh, my movie pit or my, my other. Uh, I guess personal. Interest. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So what is your movie stuff? And like the like. Well, I, I really love movies. Uh, cinema has been kind of a, a first love for me. Uh, I'm also really into music. Uh, I've uh, sort of uh, developed those interests o- over the years uh, from very early on. Uh, but uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of what else I could be interested in. I'm always interested in psychology. Uh, Ooh, I read, read quite a bit about psychology. Um, I, and, I worked in psychology for a, for a while. So, uh, I say you did know, that for work for a long time. And as far as film yeah, goes, fifteen you, years, I guess. You always have a movie on at the shop. Like if you, for those who are listening, if you ever have the chance to visit Retrograde Comics, James always has a movie on, <laughs> and. Um, Especially, you know, in a lot of horror movies, not just because it's October. It was it was April. And we, <laughs> yes, that's awesome. I, I, I think over the course of two days, I watched Hereditary over there with you guys at the shop. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like kind of off the wall stuff. Uh, you know, after a while, you feel like you've seen so much and you end up uh, uh, sort of looking for, for things different, and weird. Uh, that's really where I'm at right now. <laughs> but do you cross stitch? Yeah. I used to help my grandmother uh, sew. Very nice. But it's been a long time. <laughs> I was about to say, like, he made that joke because he does cross stitch and he needs a buddy. <laughs> and that's what's going on there. I um, respect the needle. Yeah. They can see us nod now. Back in the day, I'd be like, I am nodding. But now yeah, they can see no, like, yeah, can It's see like, it I, too. Me I, too. Well, like, yeah, absolutely. Well, most people I, probably will still listen. So there's Oh, that's that. true. Well, we're we nodding. shouldn't get yeah. too used to it. If <laughs> Sorry, you guys. want to see us nodding, you go over to YouTube. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the only extra content visually is us nodding at each other. Those awkward <laughs> silences are no more because you know Not what's it. happening. Mm, um good <laughs> uh but i'll go ahead and make mine quick uh real quick i just started reading comics about 12 13 years ago in high school i had a friend who handed me uh, kingdom come by mark wade and alex ross and that was like my first graphic novel i ever sat down and read all the way through and i fell in love with it and i kind of tried some comics and then eventually i just started picking up dc so i got really heavy into dc comics and then at the shop, there was um, this woman, Michelle, who worked there. She started recommending me some of these indie stuff, one of those being a series that just wrapped up called Birthright. And by through her recommendations, I got to learn to check out just a whole lot more of the indie stuff. And I found most of it better than what the big two were putting out. Um, and so here we are. I'm checking out more and more independent stuff and i just i love every single bit of it i love the nonfiction. i love the crime dramas i love the sci-fi stuff you know i'll read anything you put in front of me for the most part so yeah not super interesting i'm not a super interesting person that's why you three are here to help oh it's all super interesting interesting. um it's all 
So that's a little bit about us and our tastes and where we come from. And when we talk about and recommend stuff, you'll get to learn more and more about us. So we're going to go ahead and move to our first bit of news for this week's episode. And really the only bit of news I have as far as like comic book industry news is that right now um, Marvel is, make sure I pull it up correctly. So Marvel is suing to, to keep the complete rights to certain Marvel characters. There were some uh, lawsuits or there were some um, copyright uh, trying to think of the word. James, can you help me out with this? There basically, there was some creators of some classic characters in Marvel, like Iron Man and all that, who people who had a hand in creating these characters who are now looking to get rights to these characters because they had a hand in creating them. And Marvel right, is now. Uh, oh yeah. Um, yeah. There's been quite a few cases uh, that have come up like this and, entertainment in general because uh, back in the old days no one really thought about you know that nobody even imagined that they could be still making money off what they were doing during that time it, you know most media was disposable whether it was music or uh, movies TV shows everybody just assumed that, that you were going to sh show it or have people listen to it for a certain amount of time and then that was it you know, there wasn't this sort of sense of the stuff being like a legacy type of material. Uh, and so right now, a lot of the guys who worked at Marvel are suing to get rights to the characters simply because there was a law, I believe, that was in place that is... Uh, that's now running out that, that, that basically these things run out over a certain amount of time. Yeah. It was a copyright to revert back to their, to, yeah, yeah. it's supposed to revert back to the artists or uh, writers, artists, you know, creators, creators, whoever worked on the character. Yeah. And the, the thing I'm trying to figure out, so Disney and Marvel are uh, suing them and, trying to say that there's no basis for this, that these characters are created as a work for hire at for Marvel. So this whole thing is baseless. So James, you're going to have to help inform me. Is this something that could potentially happen? Or is this something where do you think these, and when I say creators, what I mean really mean is I guess is the estates of the creators are the ones who are going after these rights. Are those estates looking for like, a payout do you think for the use of the characters or do you think that they actually have a chance of getting the rights to, to where Disney loses the rights to make, you know, another Captain America or Iron Man or anything like that? I know that the attorney that's working on this for the, uh, for the creators has been involved in these types of uh, court cases before. Uh, I believe he represented uh, the Kirby estate. Uh, before, whenever they uh, went after Marvel, and I believe maybe he, he was involved with the Siegel and Schuster, I'm not sure, but these things never end where the mega corporation ends up losing the rights to the characters. It just doesn't happen. There's too much uh, 
there's too much power on their end to be able to spend money for lawyers and everything else. Uh, but the optics of it are also kind of bad. Uh, so what ends up happening is that there's usually a settlement of some sort, uh, you know, just to, and usually there are non-disclosure agreements and all this kind of stuff to, you know, a lot of times you don't even know what happened, but, uh, my guess is, is that Disney will want to wrap this up pretty quick and I, yeah. I Cause Disney only has so I'm, much money I'm to fight this. Pay, I'll pay out. James, DC's dealt with something in the past like this, right? Didn't they in the past have to settle with an estate? Uh, DC. Was it Superman? Like, who? Yeah, it was. was Okay. Siegel and Schuster, yeah. um, Okay. Their estates. But it's like, uh, you know. Go ahead. Well, like putting specifically on the comic or the movie or whatever that says this character was created by, you know, uh, you know, Stanley and Jack Kirby, you know, that's kind of a big deal to, to like be on that movie and have your work recognized at that highest level. Because I mean, can you imagine you were like turning out funny books in the 1960s and you've been doing it, and, you know, you never even had an idea that there might be a life for these things outside of what you're doing at that moment. That's the reason why I'm always kind of on the, artist side and these work for hire type things, no. especially back then. I mean, how do you know, you know, that yeah, streaming point? rights yeah. wouldn't have even been remotely yeah. a thing that you could have ever mm. thought to negotiate. I think of. it's like the only person who ever thought that forward was George Lucas with the original star Wars toys deal <laughs> where he was like, Oh yeah, I want all the money from star Wars toys. And they were like, yeah, sure. George. Yeah. yeah whatever. We're not going to, that's never going to be a big deal. Oops. He was like, Jar Jar told me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never yeah, realized. Was really savvy on that. And I never realized how messy this was until the last few years. And it started with me, again, to point, point out my shirt for those who are in the video, I'm wearing an Ask Me About Bill Finger shirt. And the guy responsible for, you know, creating Batman. And once I saw this, this documentary on this, I've learned more and more about these artists and writers who are just not that you know they they made the character and they're receiving almost no credit um even with it just a name credit sometimes for the character being used in multi-million or multi-billion dollar uh series like especially when it comes to the marvel movies look how much money they're making and you know the people every person who's worked on those who created those characters or pieces of lore that are used in these movies aren't even credited, let alone paid. Well, and those are just characters that they've acquired through business acquisition. Like I, I always heard the rumor that if you're an artist working for Disney and you create an original IP, Disney owns it like yeah. while you're under their employee. Yeah, and I can't confirm that, but I've always heard that, that that was sure. something to consider if you were going to go work for Disney is mm-hmm. when you make something, if you create a character, you the understanding that it's a Disney character. And, and when it comes to comics like Marvel and, DC, and Marvel and DC, that's how yeah. it is with Marvel and DC yeah. too. Marvel and DC now, like, and then, you know what it is, is a lot of these lawsuits come from these characters and creators who were working before these laws really came into effect because the most you might see from your characters are some cartoons. Um, but now that there are these huge franchises, you see a lot of these creators from pre like 1990, um, and sometimes, you know, up to 2000, 
because the the way they wrote their contracts and these these agreements were different. And, and for now, some people, that might be the dream, you know, yeah. that oh, to, to write for Marvel like that, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, up until you're like uh, Ed Brubaker and see, uh, you know, the Winter Soldier on T on the silver screen and you're pretty much not getting anything for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so that th- there's like this weird mentality amongst uh, creators and comics that they all feel like they're just lucky to be there, you know, and you know, whenever you're kind of struggling to get in and yeah, you know, you're just kind of wanting to be able to make enough to have health, health insurance or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's tough. Uh oh, actual house is gone. <laughs> oh, that's awkward. Yeah, Marcus is gone. Well, congratulations, well, Megan. Uh, You've yeah, now taken control of let's the Let's take airways. over. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, that's the uh, situation with the uh, with the uh, copyright claims. I mean, it's it. You, you'll see this more and more as time goes on. Yeah. You do you feel mm-hmm. like that lawsuit with Scarlett Johansson and Black Widow's release? Do you think that that is kind of leading into like people now thinking about? how their work has to be protected under modern terms with like streaming. Cause that's like how so many people ingest media, you know, is, is by streaming it. And if you're putting out a, a, a creator owned comic or, you know, whatever you need to, you know, go to the, go to the, through the process of getting it, you know, copyrighted, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. sure you get young what's our, what's yours? Because I mean, you never know. It's true. You know, how do you wind up being like Matt Groening and Sam Simon where you're like, no, like pass this first season. Like I want all this rights and, and now I don't have to work on the show because I can just cash in on Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did y'all continue going on while my internet cut out? We, we did. sure yeah. did. Yeah, we didn't even know. Good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I completely lost internet my entire I don't know what happened there. Um, great. I agree with everything that was said as long as it wasn't negative against me. We're just talking about the importance uh, of you paying your internet bill. Man. Yeah. Well, we're also talking <laughs> That's about awkward, man. Redundancies. So. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> Fine. I'll get rid of Meg. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So, well, uh, who's going to cross stitch? Who's going to cross stitch our logo? Yeah, to send we out need the, the shirt. Patrons in the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyways, um, so to, so, anyways, so I went over that topic just because this is something that really hit big in the news recently. But now that we've talked about it, I've realized that yet, like James, you were saying, and you know, I think I heard you before I got cut out. You said something about Ed Brubaker. That's screwed. But you said something about um, Ed Brubaker. And so it's just like this happens pretty frequently. I think maybe just because some bigger estates were going after, you know, Disney, you know, this was a bigger deal than usually it's just a single creator going after them. Can you imagine that going after Disney? Oh, God. Well, it's good that we're educated on stuff like this. Like, I learned something today. I love Bucky and the Winter Soldier, and I don't know who Ed Brubaker is. You know what I mean? So. 
It's just and Tom, I have some non superhero stuff for you to read for sure. Excellent. You know, like that's like that's something that's like as someone new coming into all these characters, you know, uh, yeah. like I, that's just that's something that I you know I just don't know the history of of how these characters were made. Yeah, and you know, I think you know one of the big things I want to do with this podcast is I hope that some of our listeners are people who do know what we're talking about, but also those who are just trying to become informed because the comics industry is dense. There's so much stuff going on and like anything else, it's a mess. And so hopefully, you know, we're able to inform some people on some things. And um, Tom, I'm glad you used the word history because I'm going to use that word to switch to our next topic, which is a nonfiction history book. Yay. Um, That is on Kickstarter now. And I have to tell you guys, before we get started, They've already met their goal. What? Oh, awesome. They are are creating new stretch goals. But I'm excited that I was recently made aware of, um, you know, a lot of just really talented independent authors and artists in my home state of Arkansas. So this past Sunday on our blog, um, we posted about a Kickstarter for a new nonfiction graphic novel called What Follows is True, Tells from the Crescent. It is created, it is the art and the story are all done by Sean Fitzgibbon. And later this month, I'm trying to find a time, hopefully in the next couple of months, to get him to come talk to us a little bit because he has so many other projects he works on. But I want to let you guys know about this book because the Kickstarter just began and goes all the way through October. And I would love for people to get into it. Now, the subject of this nonfiction graphic novel is the history of the Crescent Hotel here in Arkansas. If you've never heard of it, it has some of the coolest, weirdest, almost mythical history of anything in the state. And I'm sure most people feel like there's nothing important about the state of Arkansas, but (laughs) this is one of the coolest things I think that is going on around here. Um, have James, uh, Tom, Meg, are y'all aware of the Crescent Hotel at all? Yeah, I've done the ghost tour. Have you really? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. I love the Crescent. The whole atmosphere there uh, was, it was really great. We went to Eureka and we stayed at Turpentine, which is the uh, the Tiger Rescue. Um, yes, they have a wildlife rescue yeah, called yeah. Turpentine Creek up there, and you can stay on those grounds. Yeah. So we we sat out there for our anniversary one year and one night we you know wandered into town and there's not a ton to do in eureka if you're not a big shopper and i'm not a big shopper um but we we did the crescent and and did the ghost tour uh and if you go in autumn they do like fireside stories and and stuff like that and i i I love stuff like that like really just fun atmospheric stuff for they were kind of celebrating that part of their history is uh I, i was i'm a big sucker for it i was I'm always like, yeah, come on, ghost. Like, do something <laughs> awful to this tour guide in front of me so I have an incredible <laughs> experience in store. Like, you know, those live episodes of Ghost Hunter that was always like, oh man, you know, I feel bad, but I hope something just incredibly awful happens on screen, like, you know, horror movie style. Yeah. And, <laughs> well, and, you know, even if you don't believe in ghosts, like, everything that they do up there is just so interesting from like a storytelling and historical perspective that. 
Like, even if you don't believe in ghosts, it's something worth checking out. Although it would be super cool <laughs> if a ghost ate the yeah. <laughs> I just always see that episode of Ghost Hunters where they, like, roll the ball down the hallway and it, like, kind of bounce back or whatever. And I'm like, oh, come on. Just, like, I just want just like, he just, just gets snatched him. into the room and, like, you just hear, you know. And, it's, and then I'm like, I'm thinking about a person's life here. Like, I'm watching him on live television. He's got a family, you know. But it just shows you how <laughs> horror movies Tom have warped my mind. I, I feel awful. I feel awful. <laughs> we all that, all are you afraid of the happen. dark? When I was a kid, just really like it, it, it warped me. <laughs> so for uh, for everybody listening, for a little context, the Crescent Hotel is a hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. It's near Fayetteville, Arkansas. Probably one of our better known cities because it's the home of uh, the Razorbacks and uh, our college football team but the crescent hotel has had a really long history of being owned by different entities for different purposes uh being a a day spa um even i believe it was like a a girl's home yeah uh, briefly and then also a cancer institute like a cancer research because and this is where sean's book focuses on it focuses on a specific uh man who bought the bought the rights to the Crescent during the Depression, I believe. And he said he had the cure for cancer there. And uh, spoiler alert, in case you haven't heard, there's not a cure for cancer. So what was going on there, what he was doing is, I mean, we know exactly what's going on, and it is disturbing. It is the stuff of a horror movie. Um, you just, it, it's something that you wouldn't believe is real, true history. Um, and then, uh, Megan, I was really excited. Megan did do a little research for me over this. Megan, um, in terms of going back to the ghosts a little bit, now that we know what kind of building we're talking about, I see you compiled a list of ghostly entities and things that have happened at the hotel. So could you tell us about those? Yeah. Well, okay. So this was actually the most, I don't know why I thought this was the most interesting, but apparently there's a spot on the third floor. And I don't know if Tom, if you guys, if they talked about this where you were there, but there's a spot where visitors just like pass out on the third floor. Like this has been happening for years Tom doesn't um, remember because he passed yeah, out. Yeah, he was unconscious. <laughs> um, but that was what I thought was the most interesting, just because it's like this exact same spot, and it's one of the more like reported things that happens there at the hotel. Um, but yeah, there's so been a lot of stories. Away from it, or? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm sure they lean into it. I, I mean, because that's where that, that'd be the first place I'd go. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and honestly, no place felt off limits when they were telling you about it. There's like spots in the basement that are like roped off, uh-huh. you know. But other than that, well, they even have they like, yeah, like I'm with freedom. I love that. They even have like a museum type place there, mm-hmm. don't they? That's yeah, really cool. yeah. So they built that since the last time I've been there. But used to they had just a laundry room down on the very bottom. Yep. And just this creepy old workroom of the doctors down there too, and it was dirty and filthy. And right before they renovated it, I, my wife and I went <laughs> and did the ghost tour. And we were so excited because we do watch Ghost Hunters. And there was something they found in that basement of the Ghost Hunters on a locker. The face, right? And when they rented, yeah, yeah. So it was a body, full body. What? And yeah. Oh, they yeah. Moved, they, yeah. 
they moved those lockers and renovated that area since then. Oh, and dang. so you can't find that same exact space from the episode of Ghost Hunter. They found so a it was really cool. body? Well, it's like... Well, it's on a full body. There's... There's, they're, they're doing like a heat signature thing. Yeah. And on one of the lockers is like a reflection of a heat signature of a person. But the problem is, is that none of their bodies, none of the, the crew's bodies reflect on that surface. So they can't figure out how body was what? on that surface because yeah. they don't leave one. Yeah, they were like pretty baffled by it. They had a hard time telling you why why it was doing that. Oh, I love that. I need to watch that episode. I'll show it to you, and then I'll show you me. I took a picture next to the locker and sent it to my dad because we watched that episode. That's wasn't, the, wasn't the Crescent featured on Lore also? It oh, I'm been. sure it was. Okay. There are several hundred episodes in. I'm not sure. Um, but I'm sure it has. Like, it's, I mean, it's one of the more famous things about our state. <laughs> um, so, um, and then... Megan, tell us whatever. Yeah, other there's a lot. There's stories. more people who died there. And so people just claim to see all of these people roaming. So there was one guy in room 218 who fell to his death. Um, so people still see him hanging around room 218. There was a cancer patient, Theodora. And um, a lot of people see her around room 419. Um, there was a four-year-old and... Um, uh, who died due to complications from appendicitis. And a lot of people uh, say that they see him around bouncing a ball in the hallway. Um, There's just so many. There's a, what else is there? Oh, one of the managers is buried there, which I find super strange. And apparently they still see um, that manager hanging out. Clock out guy. Jeez. Oh wait, no, it was the cat. I'm so oh, stupid. That's way yeah. different. I was just like, how is this possible? I read that and I was just like, so it was how the manager's can you do cat. that? Okay, that's way so, less so more, it said, So what you wrote was Ghost Morris, cat. the famed hotel cat, who was known as the hotel general. The cat was known as the hotel general manager? I guess so. I'm going to be honest. I, In my brain, I did not I think see. that's what happened. I thought the I manager was just <laughs> buried there. That's fantastic. That's so cool. I love it. Well, that's happy. Yeah, that makes more sense. So cool to see a spectral cat. I do remember being in the hallway (laughs) and being like, every time we turn down a hallway, being like, if I don't see a kid or a cat, I'm going to scream. I've got to see a ghost. I kept like, after the tour would turn a corner, I would stay back and like look down the hall. Oh my God. Something behind us? No. Um, on the so, website, there's a lot um, of like pictures and stuff that people have captured, which is kind of fun to look at. But oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember they had a they had a notebook way back in the day. Anyways, so Sean is going to focus less in his book on the ghost hunting aspects, and he's going to focus specifically on a couple of the years of the Cancer Institute, and uh, where the doctor said he had the cure for cancer and was doing some awful, awful stuff. Uh, so it looks like a really cool nonfiction. The art, if you go check out VF Comic, VFcomicspodcast.com, where we have the blog and the article, you will see the photorealistic style that he is using is incredible. I, It's another instance of seeing a, an independent artist, and I can't believe they're outputting that much of that quality. 
Um, I'm really excited to get my book. Again, he has already met his um, goal, but he's been adding stretch goals as he's been further and further along, going further and further along. So if you want to get a copy of that, definitely go back that. Um, and then go visit the Crescent and go on a ghost hunt and watch yeah. your uh, your tour leader get murdered by a ghost. <laughs> and then go have some apple cider by the like fire it. and be like, yeah, damn, that was pleasant. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's a couple examples of things you're likely to hear every week from us, some news, some discussions, potential cool projects that you're not going to hear about from the mainstream. And so now something we're going to do uh, most weeks too is we want to offer, well, it's one of my favorite segments because we get an opportunity to share reading recommendations with all of you, our listeners. And each of us has some different and sometimes acquired tastes. So expect to see a lot of variety on this section of each episode. Um, we're also going to have guests in the future and have them bring in some of their own recommendations so we keep things fresh. Um, the biggest rule of a recommendations is typically going to be that they are collected graphic novels that can be read as one full story or one shots. We want to ensure that there's not a lot of continuity knowledge needed to enjoy our recommendation for that week. So we're going to start off strong with someone who knows more about comics than anyone I've ever met because he's a giant nerd <laughs> and we're going to get, and when James is going to recommend a book for us this week. So James, tell us about Frank at home on the farm. Yeah. Um, Frank on the, on home, at home on the farm is a book that uh, uh, I read last, I think it was last week. Um, it's in a trade paperback form right now. I was reading the issues. Uh, I think I read the first two and I missed the second. So, uh, uh, anyway, um, it's a kind of a, a period piece. Uh, it's about a guy who's returning home from, uh, the first world war. And, uh, he, he returns home to the family farm and everybody is missing. Uh, and, he tries to find out kind of where everybody is and uh, he kind of starts, you know, working on the farm and everything. And uh, let's just say that things go really wrong. Uh, this book uh, is marked by a lot of paranoia. Uh, he's uh, dealing with uh, isolation, uh, you know, worried about his family and so it ends up becoming kind of like a weird, sort of like a shining type story. Uh, and he just sort of descends into, uh, into madness. Uh, and uh, the way it all happens is very unique. So um, I really recommend that. It was, it was a great book. I've never heard of that. That sounds awesome. And Marcus, yeah. you're muted. Yeah, yeah, let me get the uh, creative team here. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Good read for <laughs> October. Yeah, no, I, there's so much good stuff to read this October, and that's going to be a really good one. Uh, you can find a link to that on our website, but you could are on the the episode notes. But you can also contact Retrograde Comics, which you'll find the link to them. 
to maybe get a copy of that from them as well. Yeah, it's written by Jordan Thomas, illustrated by Clark Bent. Uh, Scout Comics has really been doing some some good stuff here late. Uh, yeah, when looking that, for recommendations, I've seen a lot of their stuff pop up lately more than I Yeah, have. Yeah, they're, they've definitely been a, a mover and shaker in the indie world. Uh, and one thing I've always noticed is that the artwork is always great. And I was particularly impressed with the art on uh, Frank at Home on the Farm. Uh, clear, disturbing, <laughs> uh, mind-bending at times. Uh, I mean, it is it is truly one of those, like, slow burn, you know, things are starting to go wrong, you know, percep- his, his perception changes, uh, and then... Mm-hmm you know, tragedy. So yeah, good horror stuff, uh, for, uh, I guess we're talking a lot about horror right now with, uh, October just starting. Uh, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff to offer and, uh, that was really a good book. I highly recommend it. Ooh, yeah. That's awesome. I yeah. I really that. want to read it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. October is a great month. There's lots of uh, not just graphic novels like that, but one shots coming out this month of just like horror stories uh, galore. Um, But that was one James was really, really excited about. And I've never seen James that excited when he was just like, oh, man, have you read this? I want to talk about this. And I was like, yeah, definitely, man. (laughs) If if horror is your thing, uh, it does great. book. Yeah. James has a very good taste for horror. That dude has watched a lot of horror. In fact, that's usually the kind of stuff that's on at the shop, which is why we watched Hereditary. (laughs) I was one of those guys as a kid that was always drawn to the back wall of the video store, you know, back there. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little bit darker and kind of dingy. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. that, That was what I always gravitated toward. And the VHS covers for these movies were always like terrifying, hilariously terrifying and violent. You were like, yes. "How do you put this on the cover?" There's a kid like, being like, "Oh man!" Kid. I know. I'm oh yeah, that was me. I mean, I, I was that kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my gosh, he's about to ram a, a drill through that guy's head. Yes, I would have like dreams yeah. afraid of that. Just seeing the cover, I would have like. Like I had dreams of, you know, afraid of like Chucky and stuff like that from seeing like, you know, the covers and clips and stuff, stuff like that. I mean, like, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> yes. I specifically remember the the VHS cover of Chucky. That's yeah. one that I specifically yep. remember seeing. In Those the video were such store. good days. I mean, I probably watched so many bad movies because of that. <laughs> you know, just yeah, like, being able to browse and see, like, yeah. For sure. It's a big yeah, bummer yeah. that you can't do that anymore. Just you, know, you get your pizza and go rent a movie on a Friday yes. night. Yeah. Yeah. I just checked out The Fellowship of the Ring over and over again. Oh, yeah. Over that, and over and over again. That's a good one. That's such a good one. I checked out the Beavis and Butthead video game over and over again. Oh, yes. Good for you. <laughs> My mom. Oh, Marcus. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm sure she loved that. Yeah, when I would get off of, um, off of uh, school, I would go to the library and hang out. And what's cool was that there was a video store right around the corner. So I could go from the library to the video store and back. And the girl that worked there, she was like, you know, 
college girl that really didn't care about being there. And uh, <laughs> she would let me rent anything. You know? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. That's, awesome. that's awesome. Yeah. 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 <laughs> good times. Yes. Um, man, I, I love thinking about that. Oh, I'm so sad. I'm an adult now. Um, <laughs> but to move on, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, we're getting to dark place. Uh, but to move on to our last segment of the week is the during um in this seg in the last segment of how do I put this my words aren't coming out right for our last segment today I want to talk about what we're looking forward to this month so we're gonna do this on the first Tuesday of every single month and throw out ideas for issues graphic novels or web comics that are coming out this month that look interesting to us. Um, if you feel like we missed something that you're excited about, go to Facebook or Instagram or our Twitter, uh, and you can find links to all those on our website, vfcomicspodcast.com. And you can let us know that, hey, this is coming out too, and you missed it, you losers. Um, but please don't call us losers. That hurts our feelings. But besides that, let us know. Uh, we won't be breaking down each of these books into detail because – we all work 40 hours a week, and while this is something I spend a lot of time on, I don't pay anyone to be here yet. <laughs> we don't, we aren't making any money off the podcast quite yet. So um, I'm just going to kind of go through each of these real quickly. I'm not really going to go into detail, but these were just some books that I'm going to pick up this month that I think look cool. And then uh, James, Meg, and Tom, if you were able to gather any this month, um, I'll, uh, you'll go after that. Um, and honestly, if you don't see anything that you think looks cool this month, that's okay too. Sometimes everything sucks. There's always. Um, <laughs> uh. <laughs> so um, some of the books I'm looking forward to, uh, the first one was called, it is called A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance. Um, issue number one is coming out this month. It just looks like a cool, like revenge sort of like noir comic. Um, I don't know much about more about it than that. Um, Are You Afraid of Dark Side, number one, which looks to be a cool DC Comics um, horror anthology. It's very much trying to get a hold of that Are You Afraid of the Dark if you're a 90s kid and you watch that show on Nickelodeon. Um, next is called Out, number one. And this book, I believe, is also an anthology, like just a October Horror Anthology. I think that's the right one. My internet could be any slower right now. No, sorry, I'm getting that mixed up with another one that I got later, which is uh, After Dark. After Dark is going to be an anthology. Out is about, in the waning days of World War II, a desperate Nazi officer unearths an ancient evil force of, or force of evil that he hopes will turn the tide of battle. Um, so if you like... Supernatural mixed with your history. Uh, that should be really cool. Then we also have Cross the Bear, number one. Um, Batman, the Long Halloween special, number one. Which, as somebody who hates, like, let's say, when they did Before Watchmen, they didn't have the original writers and artists on Before Watchmen, which was a some Watchmen stories that DC did um, about, I guess, in the last 10 years or so. But Batman the Long Halloween Special Number 1 is going to actually have the original team that worked on the Long Halloween doing it. That's awesome. I loved the Long yeah. Halloween. That was That's a really great cool. book. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
for so if you're a fan of Long Halloween, this is a book you're going to want to go and talk to your local comic book store. Um, you're going to want them to put aside for you, start a box. Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, the original writers, are back for a single one shot this year. Um, and the last thing I have is House of Slaughter number one starts at the end of the month. It is the spinoff from the hugely successful series by James Tenyon IV, um, Something is Killing the Children. I can't wait to read it. It sounds awesome. I want, I want all of it. Um, you guys excited about anything this month? Uh, you know, there. I'm a big Chilling Adventures of Sabrina fan. Um, I I love that show, and they're continuing the comics. I think this month, like issue number nine is coming out. But really, what I'm excited about oh. is this book. It's I, I don't think it comes out in October. I think it's for the end of the year. But it's the occult world of Sabrina, and it's supposed to continue where the show got axed. You know, because they weren't able to finish the story, oh, so he's just finishing cool. it in book form. So I'm I'm mm-hmm. really excited about that because I I I love that adaptation of it and. Mm, and uh, I was awesome. real sad that it got canceled. I didn't know that yeah, it did. I didn't wow, know that I they hate were that. doing that. I knew that it had gotten canceled. I didn't know that they were doing a graphic continuation uh, yeah. called the Occult World of Sabrina. That sounds cool. Yeah, that's nice. There we go. Meg? I misunderstood what we were doing this week, and I didn't do it. I didn't prepare anything for this segment, so I'm just okay. here listening. In Y'all are doing great. To get us on video, I may have not given everybody everything they needed, but I will do better in the future. I asked uh, Marcus. Because I so asked late. him yesterday no, when I, I was working on stuff for this. I was like, "Is there anything I need to do? Like any?" And he was like, "No." And I was like, "Oh, okay." So I didn't. I I (laughs) misthought about it. My brain, my synapses were not firing off and connecting the right things. That's okay. Um, Thank you for your understanding, Meg. (laughs) Even though you just told the entire world about how I messed up. Yeah, love you, man. I'm just kidding. There's like 10 people that listen to us. Uh, That's a generous number. (laughs) Uh, James, uh, anything interesting for you this month? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to look forward to The Rush book from Vault Comics. Uh, it's uh, written by Sauce Spurrier and uh, arts by Nathan Gooden. Uh, it's about uh, it's, it's set during the gold rush. Uh, you know, that was a time whenever, you know, up north there was like no law and people were all running up there to try to find gold. And there's an area of, of the Yukon Territory that is um, I don't know if you would call it haunted or just a weird place with, where a lot of weird things happen. Uh, and whenever people go into it, they uh, bad things happen. So it's uh, it looks really good. Nathan Gooden, uh, I really loved his art on Barbaric. Barbaric was probably one of my favorite oh, yeah. books of, uh, of this year. <laughs> Uh, it was a good book. Yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be on hiatus for a little while, but uh, we'll have Nathan Gooden working on this. Uh, we all know that Sass Burrier was great on uh, Hellblazer, and he's uh, writing Way of X right now. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That sounds really interesting. 
Yeah, that'll be cool. So that is going to be it for us this week. Hopefully, out of everything we talked about, you got something that you can check out and read for the next week until we see you again next Tuesday. A special thanks to Jeff Matika for our new original music that he made for us. You can find in our show notes um, links to his Spotify, Instagram, and Twitter, where you can check out more of his original work. Jeff, you are the best person in the world, and I can't believe you've taken the time to grace us with your talent. Uh, More thanks out to 806 Films, our new and amazing source for all of our audio and video editing needs. You can also check the show notes for links on how to contact them as well. You can listen to us every week on your favorite podcasting platform. So make sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything because every week on Tuesday morning, we are going to be here to talk about comics. Your search for great stories, authors, and artists doesn't have to end with this episode, though. Make sure to visit dfcomicspodcast.com for more great free content like episode transcriptions, upcoming independent stories and Kickstarters, education recommendations, and so much more. We will see you guys all next week. And again, you'll get to see us. It's so nice. 